Welcome to the NFL edition of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Ware. With me, as always, the Austin Hill. We wish you, we hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. Indeed. Obviously, we didn't get the episode out due to some travel situations, but we still got our game picks out. And listen, uh, we'll talk about it more in the college football episode, but one of our game picks, I'm really proud of both of us because yeah. we, we kind of got some backlash. I didn't know if you saw a comment. I did actually see that. <laughs> that uh, someone, someone uh, certain towers, I like, didn't, it was surprised we picked a certain team, but we'll talk more about that college football. It's conference championship week. No doubt you'll probably listen to that one more than this one. I perfectly get it. So it's going to be a fun one. Make sure and give that a listen. That comes out tomorrow after this one. But this is the NFL one, and the reason this is first is because Thursday Night Football yet again is interesting. The last couple of weeks, Thursday Night Football has actually been interesting yeah. after like a dead dead uh, span for a couple of weeks there. So let's start, as we usually do, with our biggest winners and losers from this past weekend. Austin. Who is your biggest winner? Uh, for me, I, I like the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this week. Really starting to kind of return to that form that we saw them in last year, which you know ended in a Super Bowl run. They get a win over a really dominant-looking Titans team as of late. Um, so I like the way they looked, and I like the way they went out and got a tough victory against a team that loves those tough, gritty matchups. And I think this shows that the Bengals are starting to get back to that point they were last year. Yeah, you know, you think about it, it's weird. It's, almost, it's like Bengals, they seem to like to win in Nashville lately. You know, what, yeah. what can they say? But also, Traylon got his first career NFL touchdown in that game. Probably the most bizarre first career NFL touchdown ever. I didn't know if you... I did not see it. Derrick Henry had like a 50-yard screen pass, and he was about to score. Fumbles at like the two or three-yard line into the end zone. Traylon Burks falls on it for the touchdown. Wow. And he had a 51-yard reception in the game, too. I mean, he he had a pretty good impact. My big winner, and it's from a team that you love. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. 303 total yards of offense against the Seahawks phenomenal not to mention this is a guy that had his fifth year player option decline entering the season for some odd reason i don't i don't understand that one can't can't figure that one out still uh, well that's josh mcdaniels for you but nonetheless he had a really good game and when and now he can continue this type of pace even if it means the raiders don't have the most successful season it means he's going to get him some money in the offseason that's a win for every single player so yeah absolutely so next up, we got a lot of good options here. Who is your biggest loser from this past weekend? A lot of good options. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, this might be somebody that you were thinking about naming, but I'm going to go ahead and put them out there. Uh, I'm going to go to the Denver Broncos. They have a pretty deflating loss to the Carolina Panthers, and not to mention it seems there's nothing but turmoil in the locker room right now. Uh, nothing but reports coming out that everybody is turning on Russell Wilson. I mean, you saw it you in said, the yeah. game. Um Really, Russell Wilson hasn't been the answer for the Broncos. He's really maybe been more of a hindrance to their success. And boy, oh boy, it is uh, trouble in paradise for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, um, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even want to. I'm so glad they got moved out of primetime. Can we celebrate that one? Yeah. Their primetime games got moved out. Something we don't have to all suffer through. Thank God. Uh, I was thinking Broncos. That was my backup one in case you went with the one that I said for my main one. Which is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah. You know, listen, I'm, I get going down Jacksonville's tough. Jacksonville, it seems like whenever an AFC playoff team comes down there, they always seem to play competitive no matter yeah. what. And I give Doug Pearson a ton of credit for going for two late in the game. Respect it. 
And Justin Tucker, the fact that he came that close to a 67-yarder outdoors in those conditions, whoo. But my biggest issue is their offense. Their offense specifically, once they got into Jaguars territory, was terrible. I mean, mean, Justin Tucker likes – sure, you want Justin Tucker to make a field goal. It's almost guaranteed every time unless it's from 65-plus. But you don't want to do that every single drive. Yeah. You do that. You get at least – you split those drives where they got field goals and touchdowns. This game's out in their hands. They get to win easily. So, yeah, I think they're a biggest loser, but Denver – Denver is not far behind. No, no. I mean, you had the fact that it was Sam Darnold, too. Yeah, brutal. But now let's get into some of the biggest stories from this week, and we'll start with talking about the NFC Beast, which is weird. You know, a couple years ago I said they were the NFC Least. Now they are the NFC Beast. Yeah. Starting with Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. All teams, two games above 500, would all four would be in the postseason if the regular season ended today every single one of them uh your thoughts on this amazing turnaround from where we were like two years ago with the nfc's um really we're just kind of seeing teams figure it out obviously the eagles took a chance on jalen hurts got rid of carson wentz after some injuries and they really haven't looked back since upgrading jalen hurts that starting lineup and building an offense kind of around him the cowboys are starting to put together a lot of that money that they're spending on that team right now, and it's starting to find some success. Obviously, the Giants give Daniel Jones his chance and put some pieces around him for him to succeed. And not only has he succeeded, but Saquon Barkley looks better than ever right now, and that young defense has really looked special in New York. But I think my biggest surprise is obviously the Washington Commanders. Wasn't sure how this team was going to be, but – Finally, they let Taylor, Taylor Heineke just kind of cook. They just let him let be him. Taylor cook. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no more worrying about Carson Wentz and what's going to happen. Just this guy has done nothing but be successful as a starting quarterback for this team. And uh, I, I think there's no harm in letting him play, especially with the success you're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. They started 1-4, and four and everyone thought they were going to be in the tank bowl. Ron Rivera was going to be fired. They were going to be looking to potentially get Bryce Young. One and four. Now they're seven and five in the playoff hunt right now. So yeah, biggest surprise there. I don't know what it is. The Giants. I'm slightly worried about them right now. Yeah. These last two weeks have kind of had me worried. The Cowboys game. I'm not as worried about because they were basically playing with their practice squad for so many injuries. Yeah. The Lions one did have me worried though because that's a game I felt like that it should be close, but they should win. But the Lions destroyed them. Yeah. Now you're playing the, a red hot Commanders team this week. I don't know. Listen, it's not like we predicted the Giants to make the playoffs this year, but I'm saying I would not be surprised if there's one team I think that would miss the playoffs from this NFC East. I would probably say the Giants. I, mean, yeah, I hate sure. I hate to admit it because I hope they do make it. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think right now they're the team that's um, showing the most weakness. Uh, obviously, the injuries are a big thing that's hurting them right now. They, I mean, yeah. they were without all of their cornerbacks basically <laughs> this week. Um so hard to stop a pass offense, but everybody else seems to be hitting their stride. Yeah, so lots to figure out there. Like I said, all four teams would be in if it ended today. We still have plenty of game, a season left, so there's a chance we might only get one in at this yeah. race. So, but nonetheless, that's still a great accomplishment midseason. Next up, we are going to discuss a topic that we talked a little about during the offseason because of some certain actions he did, but he's back in the news. Deshaun Watson suspension is over is back practicing with the team is expected to start 
Again, this makes me think the NFL's rigged sometimes with their suspensions. The Texans, the team he was traded from, is his first game back after it's coincidence. I, I think no, I, I don't think so either. Yeah, but you look at this Browns team, four and seven, just beat Tom Brady in Tampa. I mean, they they still have an outside shot. What? How much of an impact do you think Deshaun Watson has coming back? And do you think he could help them make a run to end the season? Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is an X factor caliber player. Um, you know, say what you will about him off the field and everything, but he is a phenomenal football player. I, I think people have forgotten that in the two years that he's been off. Um, look at what he did in Houston, especially that year without DeAndre Hopkins, where, I mean, basically they had to convince him to sit out and that they weren't going to give him what he wanted. Um, because look at the way he played with Will Fuller as his wide receiver. Look at what he did with Darren Fells at tight end, made him one of the top uh, tight ends as far as receiving yards and receptions and touchdowns. And obviously Darren Fells, not much of an actual, you know, quality tight end. Uh, I, I think, you know, the receiving core isn't necessarily the best in Cleveland, but he has a solid tight end in David Njoku. That guy has been out made of his mind. Made one of the mind. best catches ever by a tight yeah. end this past week. He's been playing out of his mind this season. And it's a young receiving crew that he gets to work with. So I think he's got plenty of time to develop with these guys. And, you know, I think he's an absolute game changer. This guy is one of the best in the league. Uh, I, I really think that he helps them. Now, I don't know if they will make the playoffs, but they can definitely make that kind of push towards the playoffs. And, you know, they do need to make that push because their first-round pick this year, property of the Houston Texans. Absolutely. So you want to win as many games as you can. Don't give them as good of a pick. Uh, I think what you'll see is they might have a bit of a slow start with him coming back, obviously. New quarterback. Wasn't like he was playing with them before and then was suspended and he was gone. No, this is the first time he's going to be playing with all the new weapons. But still, while the wide receiver room may not be the best, I mean, still got Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones is an underrated wide receiver, I think. He he has his good moments. Sometimes they don't throw his way, but still Amari Cooper is a really good option. Yeah, I think you could see them kind of struggle a bit at first, but then maybe see them finish the season strong and everyone look ahead to next year. Yeah. Which, with the scenario they got, they get to like seven, maybe eight wins. That's honestly not a bad situation. For for sure. And next up, we talk about another QB situation, and that's in New Jersey with the New York uh, Jets. Mike White took over as a starter against the Bears this weekend. For Zach Wilson. Now, we didn't get to talk about it because of our episode. Our thoughts on his comments made after that Patriots game of him saying he did not feel like he let uh, let the defense down, thus led to the change at QB, thus led to him not even playing, being a healthy inactive for the game against the Bears. So, uh, your thoughts on this past week for Zach Wilson and then what this could mean for the future of Mike White and that whole QB competition with the Jets? Um, I mean... I think his comments were slightly misconstrued. I don't think he said the right thing, but, um, you know, having confidence in yourself, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, But what I think he meant is that, you know, he didn't give up. You know, he wasn't, didn't feel like he was the only issue. And he he wasn't. Let's not, let's not act like he was the only issue for this team in in that game. But overall, the, the way he went about it and the kind of the way he acted, it wasn't a good look. It was not a good look for him. And, um, you know, I they bench him. And Mike White comes out and has a phenomenal game. Now, there are some looks at this. Yeah, that's, The Bears that, are not trying to win. That, that's, that was my thing. <laughs> and the Bears' best defensive players are out. Eddie Jackson's out. Justin Fields is out, who's on offense. Um, Jaquan Brisker, 
out with a concussion. Kyler Gordon out with a concussion. Eddie Jackson, I think, got injured yes. during the game too. So, um, so a lot of guys out. Darnell Mooney was at, is out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, just not a Bears team trying to win. But Mike White comes out and wins and probably earns himself another game uh, next week. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that it is kind of the right idea from Robert Sala. Like I said, I don't necessarily think that Zach Wilson was trying to be this selfish, cocky guy with what he was saying. Uh, but it didn't come out right, and Robert Sala is trying to, you know, build a team. Um, and when everybody else in the locker room is, you know, upset and disgruntled with this guy, uh, you know, maybe it's not the best look to let that guy just go out there unpunished. And this kind of shows that this is a quality team in New York. We saw that early this season. Um, this team can win games, and this team could be scary, um, especially in the next couple of years. Uh Maybe Zach Wilson isn't the answer at quarterback, but I think we still need a couple weeks to see uh, what Mike White does or what what they end up doing at quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, that that's my big focus. I mean, yes, Mike White looked good. He played against an injured Bears secondary, like I said, a team that's not trying really, trying really hard to win. Yeah. So, yeah, I give him credit. He looked better than I thought he would in his first game starting, but do I think it was the best? like a mega elite performance, that means that there's no chance that Zach Wilson earns the job back? No. No. Not at all. Especially when you look at who they play this week. They're playing the Minnesota Vikings this week. That's a pretty quality pass rush for the Vikings. This will be a good test for Mike White and for the Jets to really find out if Mike White's the guy they're going to ride with for the rest of the season, which I think if he beats Minnesota, then yeah, you, you, you have to. I'm I'm sorry, Zach Wilson. If he beats the Vikings, you're, you, you don't, you're not playing the rest of this year. But in my opinion, it's still a thing similar to the Mac Jones talk we had before. You spend that high of a draft pick on a QB, you're not just going to throw him away in year number two. Yeah, you're not going to do that. You are going to spend. This is a good, like I said, this is a good lesson for him. Robert Sal, I think, did the right thing, even though, like you said, it may have not been exactly what he meant by yeah. it. I think Sal made the right thing. And said, "Listen, the team's not happy about the comments, even if it's not what it was supposed yeah. to be." Absolutely. I think I think I have to I think I have to make the move. I think I just have to. Uh, so I would not be surprised to see Zach Wilson come back in the next couple of weeks, especially if Mac, uh, Mike White continues to struggle uh, if he struggles this week and the next couple of weeks. Yeah. With the Jets trying to clinch a playoff burst. Absolutely. I would not be surprised. So this is this to me is far from the end of Zach Wilson. I agree. So next up, we will talk about. Oh. Uh, what was probably the most unlikely exciting game of the week, and that was Sunday Night Football. Packers versus Eagles in a thrilling shootout. 40-33, to the Eagles won. And there's a lot of things we can look at from this game. The Eagles offense was phenomenal. Jalen Hurts, I don't know if you heard the stat, he made history in the first half of that game. I did not. He became the first QB in NFL history to have over 125 or more passing yards. And 125 or more rushing yards in one half in the first half. That's crazy. That that that's history. No one else has done that. But another thing we talk about officially now is Green Bay four and eight. You you can't lose another game. You, no. you really can't. As Aaron Rodgers says millions of times, they got to run the table. But Aaron Rodgers is banged up. Got injured at the end of the game. Jordan Love came in, did a really good job. My question to you, with this team sitting at 4-8, and eight, with Aaron Rodgers clearly banged up with a broken thumb, uh, some injuries, some other injuries he suffered in the game, do you just ride with Jordan Love the rest of the year? 
Um, I think absolutely not. I get in with the most teams, I would be saying the exact opposite things. In Chicago, bench Justin Fields for the rest of the season. He's hurt. He's banged up. Let's not let that shoulder get any worse. But when you look at Green Bay, they made their bed. They gave up everything and then some to keep Aaron Rodgers in town. Look at how much money they spent. They parted ways with Devontae Adams to keep him in town and make another run at the Super Bowl. If you give up now, I have to think that that means this is the end for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I have to think that. And if you don't want it to be, he's going to want it to be the end. If you're going to bench him now, he's going to want to be somewhere else next year. So unless this is the end for Aaron Rodgers, unless you've given up on the season, I think you got to bring Aaron Rodgers back out there. Um, and I, I think that's the right move. This is a team that's bought in for playoff contention, title contention. That's what they want to do. And, uh, you know, if, if they give up now, I, I think that's the end of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. I'm right there with you because this is a report I heard multiple people say because Jordan Love had a good drive or two late in the game. Uh, let me just say this. Whenever it's a late-game scenario and a team's up by double digits, they're not really trying yeah. the hardest to bring pressure. They're focused on, hey, let's just let them gain a couple yards at a time, keep the clock running. Let's just keep them out of the end Yeah, zone. exactly. So uh, they so see Jordan Love go out there and make some throws and stuff, I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. It's impressive. Does, but... Impressive off the bench, but doesn't really mean it. But I think to me, it's this game this week against the Chicago Bears that's going to determine it. If they lose this game, they're at four and nine, can't finish with a winning record. Really, unless you see the commanders fold or several other teams fold in the NFC, they really don't have much of a playoff shot. So yeah. to me, if they want any chance their playoff hopes, they have to run the table. They can't lose another game. No, they can't. They they cannot. It's it just can't happen, pure and simple. And if it doesn't, this is a good thing for Jordan Love to potentially get some playing time would be a key to me because you got drafted in 2020. We haven't seen a, hardly any of him. Yeah. We've seen him in the game against the Chiefs on a week where uh, Aaron Rodgers was had the COVID late, so we didn't really get to see a full week preparation. Saw him come off the bench. So, to me, I think this could be an interesting thing if they do lose this game where they could see the future of Jordan Love, see where they want to go because they really haven't got to see a lot of him. Yeah. So, now, real quickly, just because the ending of that game was bizarre, I would have to ask you about the Colts-Steelers game on Monday Night Football. First of all, did you watch the game? I actually did not watch the I game. I can't blame you at because all. Because it was Colts-Steelers. I, I can't blame I you. I decided to watch Anchorman instead. Hey, Listen. Ron Burgundy is a legend. I, is a legend. I, I would I would honestly, if I thought about it, I would have watched Anchorman or Anchorman 2. The yeah. legend continues. Uh I would I'm still waiting for them to make Anchorman 3. Me but, too. Uh not, nonetheless, uh there was a I don't know if you saw on Twitter though, the Jeff Saturday late game clock management. I did game. not. So I literally know nothing yeah, about this. Me, game. Okay, so I'll picture it for you. Steelers are up 24-17. There's one minute left in the game. The Colts are at the Steelers 40. One man left all three timeouts in Jeff Saturday's back pocket. It's second and 17, and Matt Ryan runs for a 16-yard run. Yeah, I know. Steelers gave up a 16-yard run to Matt Ryan. That was my look. The look this man has right now was my look. I was like, did we really just give up 16 yards to Matt Ryan? But that's not the bad thing. The bad thing is, after that, the Colts don't call a timeout. They just let the clock keep on winding and winding. Down to like 30 seconds left. And they run it on third and one, do not get it, then call a timeout, then don't get it on fourth down. So the Steelers get it, you know, two timeouts left. 
He doesn't even use the two timeouts left that he has to try to force the Steelers to snap the ball. He leaves the stadium with two timeouts in his pocket. That's so yeah, that that's what you missed. I mean, that's just that's uh that's the lack of coaching experience exactly. right there. And I think that's something that hurts him. And well, I don't think Jeff Saturday's not necessarily a bad option. I thought it was unfair, certainly. Um, but stuff like this goes to show why guys don't get hired with no coaching experience. Yeah, uh, that was my main focus. But also, that, I mean, Steelers are four and seven. I someone on Twitter I saw posted a thing that shows somehow that the Steelers can be the number one seed in the AFC. No so way you I, can. I'm, I'm dead serious. Let me let me pull up the picture right now. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so the Steelers finished run the table. They finished ten and seven. And the Bills finished nine seven and one. Chiefs finished nine and eight. Titans nine and eight. Bengals and Ravens both finished ten and seven, but lose tiebreakers to the Steelers. And Patriots are nine and eight. Steelers would be the number one seed in the AFC. That sounds like a lot to go right. It, yeah, but but the false hope still consumes me whole. Until we lose this week uh, to the uh, yeah, we're playing the Falcons. So I honestly, again, don't know if anyone's going to want to watch that game. So uh, it could be another game where the Steelers could win and sneak in. I just had to add in that late game clock manager by Jeff Saturday. Even yeah. if it won the Steelers, it was just that was almost that was Nathaniel Hackett week one bad clock yeah. management. I think we'll call a timeout here, E. Yeah, Peyton just yeah. ham. I'm surprised he didn't jam his finger by the amount of times he was pressing. Yeah. The best part of that was Shannon Sharp and Eli's. I think they're kicking. Shannon Sharp's like they're kicking what? And they're like kicking the field goal. I think we caught time out here. I think we caught time out here. Yeah, and Eli, he's like, yeah, I agree. I agree. What? They're not. They're not calling it here. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, clock management big issue for some. Uh, uh, new head coaches yeah, and coaches that might not be around long, Jeff Saturday and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Now, now let us get to our bet of the week for the NFL. Now, uh, college football ones. I had one of my bets. Hit. I didn't, I didn't remember if your bet hit. I forgot. I what, don't even, I'll be honest. I don't remember my bets. Let me, let me look at, let me pull it up really quick here. Your bet was Baylor plus eight and a half first Texas. Oh, that didn't hit. That yeah. Baylor got killed. I was rooting for Baylor, though. I was rooting for <laughs> Baylor, too, because I don't like Texas. Yeah, so, uh, but no, I had Michigan plus seven and a half. That one was the only one that hit. Uh, but our NFL bets, you actually took one of mine. I was thinking the Lions plus nine and a half versus the Bills. I like that. I was almost tempted to pick Giants, but then I went Pats, Vikings under, which, you know, I kind of expected with the defense to that game. And that turned into a freaking shootout. It did. That was the most strange thing because I was watching uh, the Egg Bowl, actually, not not watching that one with my grandpa. And I look at the score. It's like 20-20 in the first half. I'm like, this is the Patriots offense under Matt Patricia? No, no, this, this, this has to be a glitch. But let's get to the ones this week. Who is your bet of the week this week? Uh, my bet of the week this week is Seahawks minus seven versus the Rams. I like it. I like um, it. Just I think that pure and simple. <laughs> yeah, I think they're just going to come out and have a field day against the Rams, three and eight. I really didn't see this coming from either of these teams the way they performed this season. Kinda but thought it'd be the opposite start of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, anything. but I like the way the Seahawks are looking. I think they can go out there and really give uh, this defense a run for its money. I like it. I like it. Now, mine, you. I think you're going to really like mine because it involves your former team. 
I like the Raiders plus one and a half versus the Chargers. I like that. The Raiders, I think, are starting to figure it out a little bit. Might be too late for the season, but you can see they're slowly figuring out. And I think the thing is, give Josh Jacobs the ball. I mean, whatever his over-under rushing yards are for the game, over. Hammer, because the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So, to me, I like the Chargers. My extra one, another one I think you'll like, I like Bears plus four and a half versus the Packers. I like that, too, because the Bears are going to win that game. Maybe exactly. Season, and they're going to end Aaron Rodgers' season and his time in Green Bay officially. So We own you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that, would that make your day if Justin Fields scored a touchdown, ran it by would. the Packers? Just well, I actually, I actually hope Justin Fields doesn't play because he's hurt. Okay, Nathan Peterman. Yeah, I hope it's Nathan Peterman. I really hope Nathan Peterman gets I was him. so mad with the way that situation got handled against the Jets. Yeah, that was brutal. But we we signed Tim Boyle today to the active roster, so I think that means that Trevor Simeon is hurt pretty bad as well. Yeah, that, that, I'm sure that means that he'll be the backup and Peterman's yeah. going to start. If Peterman beats Aaron Rodgers – that will be the greatest day it'll, on NFL Twitter it'll, ever. It'll be the day of my – I'll cry. I'll actually <laughs> cry. Uh, hey, you know my football gods. Y'all know yeah. what to do. Now let us I get don't to, ask for much. Let us get to game picks. And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, this past week with Thanksgiving, I completely forgot to update the scores of it. Uh, I know I was up by three because I went – we tied on all the college football picks, but I went uh, – we the on all the ones we agreed on, they won – but the ones we picked different on, I won the three and you lost the other three. So I know I was up by three. I haven't added this past week just because Thanksgiving never crossed my mind. But we have a lot of games to pick from. We're not picking not one, not two, not, not three, three, not, not four, four, not, not five, five, but six games this weekend. And we're saying, Austin, six games, that's, that's a bit much. Let me tell you why this is interesting. All six games, each team in the matchup has a winning record. Not just 500. A winning record. So, I mean, this could be the best weekend in the NFL. This is a great weekend where if yes. you have NFL Red Zone or have a stream that you watch NFL Red Zone on, to use that. So, let's start with Thursday Night Football. Again, another interesting one. Bills versus Patriots in Foxborough. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, obviously, the Patriots coming off the loss on Thursday night. How will they respond? The Bills, last couple of weeks have looked kind of shaky. And the Bills need this to keep up with the division lead. So who do you got for this one? Uh, I like Buffalo in this one. Uh, I think that both of these teams looked really, really good last week. But I think Buffalo is starting to figure it out. Josh Allen not really showing, uh, you know, signs of injury. Um, he's been pretty good. And I just think the Bills have the upper hand in this matchup. Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna 100% agree with you on the Bills matchup. Josh Allen, you could... At some bit, you can tell on some throws in the Lions game, you could tell, but for the most part, he played through it pretty well and still made one of the best throws in the NFL season on that final drive against the Lions. I mean, that was a that was a bazooka down the field yeah. to Stephon Diggs. Uh, also, I completely forgot to mention that game. Shout out to Jim Nance for probably the worst jinx ever by an yeah. announcer in an NFL game ever. You know, I don't believe in I don't believe in jinxes, but Money Badger has not missed. This year, missed inside of 20 this year. Yeah, that, that made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I, was, I literally, I was like, if he misses, and Tony, I love Tony was like, uh, Detroit Lion fans, I apologize. I did not know he was going to do this. Uh, but yeah, I like the Bills in this one too. And then this puts the Patriots in a tough spot because they would fall to six and six and yeah, you don't know what that could be. Next up, the Mike White-led New York Jets heading into Minneapolis to take on 
Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Again, with these two teams, not many people thought at the beginning of the year this would be a matchup of playoff contenders, but yet here they are. Uh, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, I really like the Vikings in this matchup. I like their defense. Um, I think that a big thing that we talked about earlier was that, you know, Mike White had a good game, but he was also playing against the Bears defense, the Bears injured defense. Um, so I, I think uh, this is going to be a massive step up in, uh, you know, overall competition. And I, I don't know that the this offense led by Mike White is going to be as efficient as it was last week. And uh, I don't think the Vikings are slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I still can't believe because another thing we talked about the forty to three game against the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that happened, I, and especially I'm mad because I got told Vikings money line was one of the best bets because they were an underdog. I'm like, and we talked about it on the show yeah. the week before. You picked it as your best bet for their like plus two and a half or one and a half. Yeah, um, that that went horribly wrong for both of us. It, did. But, it went terrible. Uh, I'm right there with you. I like Vikings. I not only like the Vikings, I like them to win big in this game so much so that Mike White gets benched and Zach Wilson enters the Whoa. game as the backup. He as is if he's. If they even make him an active player, that's yeah. something we got to figure out. Uh, next up, Commanders versus Giants. This is for a big one in the NFC. Commanders on a roll as a late. Giants uh, limping a little bit as a late. This is really to keep up in the NFC playoff picture. And the loser here probably falls, if not out of the playoffs, to the seventh seed. So big matchup in uh, in the Meadowlands. Who do you like here? Um, you know, I don't know the exact injury status of the Giants, but I know that they're banged up, especially that secondary. And Taylor Heineke's looked really good. I like the Commanders in this game, but they are rolling right now, and it's going to be hard to get out in front and stop them. Yeah, that's my big thing. I I think the Giants, like I said, I don't I don't know if they'll be able to make playoffs. I think this is a little bit of a tailspin they go into at the end of the year. I like the Commanders and Heineke to get the win. I'm pretty confident on all three of these, but still, all three winning record matchups. Now. We're going to get some interesting ones here in these final three. Titans versus Eagles in Philadelphia. A lot of good things from the Titans, except for this past weekend. Uh, Eagles, well, 10-1, enough said. What do you think about this one? Um, I think the Eagles have the kind of defense that can kind of quiet Derrick Henry. I don't think that there's such thing as stopping Derrick Henry, yeah. but I think there's such thing as quieting him, and I think they're going to force Tannehill to put the ball in the air. And while he's looked good the last couple of weeks, I'd like to see, you know, a, a big thing that's worked against the Titans this year, as in years past, is making them throw the ball. They, you know, Tannehill hasn't always isn't always on his A game, and uh, they just throw it the trail you know, on every yeah, play. It would work. A lot of their struggles come from not being able to have such an effective pass offense, and especially now, you know, they've got Traylon, but not a lot else in the receiving game, especially. After he, two of the most confusing moves ever, getting rid of Corey Davis and AJ Brown, and I know Corey Davis was the greatest receiver. But I know he was I, pretty I, good. I, yeah, I was about to say I thought Corey Davis was pretty good. I thought they would hang on him. Yeah. So he was a top ten pick for them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was, and he was pretty good in my opinion. And AJ Brown, oh, look at what he's doing. Uh, it just didn't make a lot Always of sense open. to me. So <laughs> it, it's it's confusing. Um, but I think the Eagles have the kind of defense that's going to make the Titans throw. And I think when it comes down to the versatility of these offenses, I think that the Eagles are more versatile. And, you know, a lot of injuries on that Tennessee defense right now. I, I think this all goes uh, the way of Mr. Hurts. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. But let me say, I think could see a part where the Titans win this game. And that's if they control the clock. We saw how the commanders were able to beat the Eagles. Yeah. Was dominate, dominate time of possession. They control the ball where the Eagles felt like they needed to throw it 30 times to go down the field and score quickly. 
So if they can do that with King Henry, then it's possible. But I think that getting Jordan Davis reportedly back from injury, along with that stacked D-line they already have, I think it could cause, like you said, not stop Derrick Henry, but slow him down. So yeah. I'm going to go Eagles. Now, even though it's not the main matchup, this to me is the best matchup of this weekend. Dolphins versus 49ers. Mike McDaniel taking on his former team. Two offensive masterminds. Two really fun offenses to watch going head-to-head. What about this one, Austin? Uh, I like the 49ers in this one. I really like the way they figured it out this season. Uh, This has been a fun team to watch uh, ever since Jimmy Garoppolo took over, and especially after they got Christian McCaffrey. It seems like they've got every crazy play in the book right now. Um, it is it is absolutely amazing to watch this team, and uh, I, I really like the 49ers. I think the Dolphins have kind of slowed down a little bit this season. They're not as uh, as high-powered, I think, and I, I think the 49ers are a t- definitely a type of team that can get in there and get stops. This defense has been so good this year. Okay. Uh, I'll go opposite of you on this one. I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one, and my main focus here is the 49ers secondary, I wouldn't say is the best in the NFL. For sure, for sure. And I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle could have a pretty good game against as well as Mike Gusecki, even though, you know, the reports he doesn't even want to be there still. So uh but I think Tua can make some plays. We've seen Tua another stat I saw Tua is the most uh accurate QB in the red zone this year. Wow. So he he's getting it done. I think they can get the win on the road, but let me just say I forget what the over under is this one. I wouldn't be. I would be hard pressed not to take the over because this is going to be fun offensive football for to watch sure, for sure. And then the uh, probably second best game of the weekend in Cincinnati rematch of the AFC Championship game: Chiefs versus Bengals, Mahomes versus Burrow. Jamar Chase reportedly is going to be back for this game too for the Bengals, which is huge. So, who do you like in this one? Oof, this is a tough one. Both of these teams are playing pretty well right now. Um, I like Kansas City in this one. Kansas City, uh, you know, just when you think this team has been broken and beaten down, they always find a way to bounce back. And Patrick Mahomes is just <laughs> special. He's just different. Um, I think the Bengals are starting to figure it out a little bit more, but I, I, I think the Chiefs got him outmatched in this one. Yeah, my biggest question with this one, they're getting Jamar Chase back. Is Joe Mixon going to be back? Yeah. That's my biggest issue. If Joe Mixon is 100% healthy, I would feel really confident picking the Bengals in this game. He could provide a steady ground game, really good receiving back. Don't get me wrong, Samaj P. Ryan's not a bad option, but compared to Joe Mixon, yeah, it's not the same. So just for that injury, uh, I'm going to go Chiefs on this one, but I would not be surprised to see the Bengals win this game at all. And that's going to do it for our NFL episode. Like I said, tomorrow, huge. And I mean huge college football episode. Massive. Do not want to miss it. But for now, that is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter, and we want to thank you for listening.